if you create your own consulting company and then you have the equity of the company and then have other partners run the company, that's an infinite scaling. But if you are a partner there, still you're kind of an employee, you're a glorified employee, you have an equity position. But in this business, if you really have the focus and you can keep it simple, it can grow infinite. Welcome to the Cashflow for Life podcast. We believe there are two types of people in this world. People that have greater cash flow coming in every single month or people who have cash flow going out. We believe you need to be the type of person that has cash flow coming in, and that is what this podcast is all about. Our mantra is simple. If you take care of real estate for the first five years, real estate will take care of you for the rest of your life. If you're looking to achieve financial freedom through real estate investing, you're in the right place. Andrew Holmes, a renowned expert in the field, is your guide on this journey. Andrew is the driving force behind National RE Invest, the largest real estate investors association in the United States. Together, we're here to help you build wealth and create more cash flow in your life. Let's get into the show. Hey guys, welcome to the show, Cashflow for Life. And today we actually have the king of cash flow. So let me introduce him. It happens to be Mr. Surya. So, Surya, welcome to the show. Thank you. So, today's show is from management consulting, which is one smart guy, to getting smarter, and that is to becoming the king of cash flow. So, Surya, welcome to the show. And uh, I want to jump right into it. So, give a the audience a little bit of a background. Like, what where did you come from? How did you kind of end up in uh, investing in real estate? Uh, I grew up in India, mm -hmm. and as you are, right? Uh, probably you were born here, but I was born in India, grew up in India. I came to United States uh, to uh, I studied computer science as a as profession. Came to United States to work in consulting, then ended up going to business school, my MBA from uh, UNC. But then I worked in my professional life most of the time in consulting. But um, in the in the whole process, I met you. Actually, it was accidental. Um, I was actually trying to be an entrepreneur in the tech space, but I happened to meet you, and kind of clicked. It felt like okay, something is in there. And so I've known you for what about ten plus years now. Ten plus almost, years, right? That's correct. At the time, we didn't have mastery. We didn't have anything. That's correct. Right. And at the time, maybe I had uh, five, eight properties, ten properties, something like that. Something right. Like that. Uh, so it was fairly early on in the process. That's correct. And uh, so now let me ask you this, right? Because even when I met you, you were doing well on uh, that side of your uh, full-time profession, right? You were uh, working at that time for what, Deloitte? Yes, that's correct. Yeah, you're working for Deloitte. So generally, if you're working for Deloitte, it's like it's a full-time job and then some. And what was your reasoning, right? Because most people would look at it and go, oh my God, He's already making good money, right? Which is the truth. But what was it that inspired you to do, want to get into real estate? There are two things, Andrew. I think that people, I, what I've seen in my life, the people who does well, they're always not very happy with their current situation. They want to get it better. So it's a relative thing for, for how you're So they're searching. There's always searching. It's a pleasure pain. So you find a pain to your current process and find the next state where you are, think there's a pleasure and that makes you moving. And not necessarily that's always money, but you're just trying to do the next best thing for your for you. Um, that's one part of it. Uh, but I've always liked to be an entrepreneur. And as an entrepreneur, you experiment different things. But what I found is in entrepreneur, entrepreneurship, 
it works better when you have a you don't you don't need a coach. I think in my mind I'm making a good statement here. A coach is not that useful. A mentor was like somebody who so is actually explain the you. difference between a coach versus a mentor. The, it's a very important thing. The coach. I went to very good school, and not that I didn't learn anything. I I learned a lot of things, and that's where you learn kind of coach. You you're studying books, you're studying finance, you start. I took a lot of real estate classes. I took uh, entrepreneurship classes, but I met Andrew Holmes, who was my mentor, who was actually showing me do this step. That now this is the step. That's the difference. It's like mentor will work walk with you along. The way. Got it. Okay. So basically, somebody uh, instead of saying look where I am, instead of that. Uh, a mentor, a friend, or somebody who says, hey, we can go there together, right? right? Meaning it's a journey that each day we're basically progressing. Not only am I doing what I'm preaching, but uh, basically as we, as you need help, as we need help, it's a growth process where we're both going along that journey together. Except, except N plus one. If it is peer, they, you, both, of, both of them are in the state N. Right. Mentor is N plus one or N plus five. In this right. case, maybe N plus 20 right. and I'm at N. So then I can follow that steps and, and go. Got it. That. So at that time, like when we met, I know you were trying to get your MBA done. That's correct. Right. So you were flying uh, to, uh, where were you going to? So anywhere. So basically you, every Monday you go to the O'Hare airport. Right. And then comes back, come back on Thursday. You just don't know where, where it takes you. Well, Sometime international. Right. So in... In one word, it's really very difficult. I could have used another word, but right. it is very difficult. That's the pain. Then you figure out. Okay, so this so. is with your full-time management consulting That's job. That's correct. Right. On top of that, you're doing an MBA. That's correct. Right. At the time. That's correct. So for that, you were doing that in Indiana. Uh, in uh, North Sorry, Carolina. In North Carolina. So we had right? to go there. At Chapel Hill? Well. Where Chapel were you? Hill. At That's Chapel correct. Hill. Yeah. So you're going there. Uh, you're doing your MBA at Chapel Hill. Uh, that's a huge commitment. And then you're buying real estate. Yeah, at the time I had to slow down a little bit, right? But I, it is a continuous thing okay. because that came pleasure. Okay, got it. So now a lot of people that are kind of like you, mm -hmm. right? In that thing where they have a full time career, they're investing in real estate. A lot of people go into the space of multifamily, mm -hmm. right? They go into basically a um, as a passive investor, right? So they'll find a syndicator. They are like, well, I got a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand, whatever it is. I'm going to come in as a, a passive investor in that particular situation. You have not done that. That's correct. Right? Why not? Because I'm, you're a smart guy. You get around. Right? Why haven't you looked in that space? That's correct. And again, that's where the mentor comes into picture. Okay. You, first of all, it was not the better investment decision, but I came to know because I, I got the men, mentorship that there is a better way of doing things. And that's why I went. And if it was working, then I would have gone for it. Okay, got it. So you're talking about a rate of return, basically. Rate of, rate of return. And, and also, there are two things you're looking at. It's really you're also, in, when you're a busy person, you're also, there's a rate of return in terms of money. You're also trying to get a rate of return on your time. Because, because you want to also trying to figure out as an entrepreneur, trying to figure out a model which can scale in finance. In, okay. So then a lot of times people go to a multifamily for that reason. That's correct. Right? Because they look at it, well, I'm going to take uh, a operator. I'm going to put 100,000, 200,000 with him. And then he can do all the work and I will get a 8, 9, 10% return. Right? So is that something that uh, has ever seemed attractive to you? Not at all. Because again, it was optimized for time. It was not optimized for return on investments. Got it. Okay. So basically, you're looking at both time as well as rate of return. It's so that you can get to the other side, that right. to get the pleasure, so how quickly you can go. And 
the question was there's one more thing is it's also the, as a we throughout this ecosystem um, I, I i got the education from it. right so many a time that makes sense if you didn't have the education how to do this that ecosystem is not there then that may be the obvious choice but for me not only i have a i had a mentor i get to know you i was i was able to work with you secondly also we have this ecosystem where we know how to do these things if i have a problem i have a backup so in that case i it was okay for me to do that so that i can maximize on my time and my okay so if today somebody looks at it like it's been a 10 11 year journey that's you, correct right uh, you still have your full time job that's correct right i mean you've kind of moved upwards in that career uh, and that's a job that is a not only stressful lot of responsibility so you've kept your job throughout this process right and um, how many properties are you at today i have i think uh, between 55 or 56 okay 55 or 56 properties yeah. right so more importantly a lot of times whenever people uh, look at oh my god 55 56 properties what's more important is the equity that is there right and then the kind of cash flow that comes in from it. because really that is what it all boils down to is that right. what are we investing for we're not just investing for properties so on now obviously a lot of these properties have been well 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 seasoned meaning you've owned them for a while now so they have a lot of cash flow obviously so on say 50 55 properties once they're settled some of them you bought last year how many properties did you buy last year i bought like 16 properties 16 properties so let's kind of talk a little bit about that which is that you started buying back in 2011 12 that era and you've kept buying gradually right now your ability to be able to buy and your intelligence is way greater than the number of properties that you actually own right why do you think that is because you know and i know you could be at 100 200 the limit is not exterior factors the limit is you right why do you think that is i mean obviously one of them one of the thing could be man i have a full time job i'm very busy i mean that's a very valid reason but what is the reason in your mind yeah i think that i have a full time job i'm busy those are excuses as a good entrepreneur like you you should think about it and you should get credit for it is that focus um i think for me i struggled with it and the in an entrepreneurship there's a there's an advantage than going to school going you you give an exam you did very bad and then you're kind of done you didn't do anything like it's very difficult to back up from some of those things as an entrepreneurship it's it's a longer game so there are certain times i i lost focus that's because i have access to a lot of excitement like i meet a lot of fancy people i meet a lot of smart people and you get a lot of other ideas and you try to pursue these things and those are distractions so you know as an as an entrepreneur the idea is that they, this is learned the hard way once you found out and you may have also experienced certain things that we don't want to go there but my point is that when you found an and and system working there is no shame in just trying this over and over and over again because you sometimes question your uh, your your geniusness because you said you know what i did something really well can i do this 100 times the question is be why so i i think that's the problem that i i really didn't have the focus that doesn't mean that i was drinking no right. i was trying to figure out that can i prove this right. and then then you waste time in, so, in the whole process you know sometimes it's like there are a lot of exciting things show up in our life that's correct and what we do after a lot of struggle we take that for granted that's correct right because it's like oh my god i'm doing something simple and i don't know about you but i've experienced this many many times that you'll hear a speaker talk you'll go to a conference you'll go meet people and what they say from stage sounds like oh my god i don't even show up on the richter scale anywhere that's correct until 
they get off the stage and you sit down and have a conversation and they can't even come up with a hundred, two hundred, three hundred thousand bucks. That's correct. Right. And is that something that you experience a lot of times in the uh, corporate world also? All the time. And and really that's where the metrics come. It's it's the result is in metrics. It's not like I'm doing how many Every, you know, you talk to any realtor, I said, I'm doing this for 30 years. I said, thank you. I'm not doing for 30 years. I'm doing for six months. Do you have a property? Yeah. Like, so it's, it's the hard metrics where you get to and you're hundred percent. Right. So this is something that we've talked about, right? Like when you look at management consultants, especially at that level, right? You get to a certain level, you're dealing with a certain type of individual in the corporate uh, structure, right? You're dealing with, I mean, if you make partner at some of these big consulting firms, you're making a million or two. Right, I mean, this is not like a, a extraordinary amount of and money. I'm not a partner, right? but yes, no, no, people but, who are partners. But yes. people who are partners, right? They're making a million or two. But do they have the asset base that we always look at it? Okay, that's fine. You're making great money, right? Nobody can get into that business tomorrow and say, okay, I'm going to become a partner. Not happening, right? That's just not how that business works. But yet, in real estate, you can have net worth of six, seven, eight, ten, twelve, fifteen million which you can never make that kind of money, right? Has that thought ever crossed your mind when you meet a lot of these people that are clearly smart? They're not. uh, But in real estate, you write your own destiny, whereas these type of places, you could be the smartest guy in the room, but somebody else controls your destiny. That's correct. And and there is a limit to how that it's not infinite scale. Uh, A consulting company would be okay, not just becoming a partner, but if you create your own consulting company, and then you have the equity of the company and then have other partners run the company, that's an infinite scaling. But if you are a partner there, still you're kind of an employee, is a glorified employee, you have an equity position. But in this business, if you really have the focus and you can keep it simple, it can grow infinite. Right. That, that's the difference. So the to two. put this in perspective, right? Like when we're talking about, we're talking about basic, simple, three bedroom, one half, one bath, three bedroom, one and a half bath rentals, right? Uh, 55, 60 of them around Chicago suburbs. This is really what we're talking about, that you have, right? In terms of cash, monthly cash flow, what does that translate to? So, um, like how much? Yeah. So, a typical uh, properties you, you buy, you could get a 400 to $500. 400 to 500 yeah. So, basically, to have 35 to 50000 net cash flow a month, right? That is fairly easy to get to. Yeah, you can put any numbers on this. I just wanted to mention you you quickly you've been saying that it's very simple. So again, again the things which you do very well or we know, we think that is very simple. It's actually not simple. It is very difficult for somebody who doesn't know that. 100% agree. That is correct. But the my point is that a lot of times what people try to do and I've done this, right? That we try to find a bigger easier answer. And sometimes you don't realize that the grass that you're on is pretty green. So to try to chase the neighbor's grass is sometimes not that lucrative, right? Because uh, I've talked to a lot of people in the multifamily space because that's been always a space. People are like, well, well, Andrew, why don't you invest in multifamily? I'm like, I'm happy to invest in it, right? I have no problem. But, uh, and somebody said it very well because I I always try to compare what we do, right? Which is simpler, smaller properties with tons of cash flow, and we measure our success based on number one, equity, number two, cash flow, number three, DCR, right? Those are the basic three metrics that we always look at. At the end of the day, what kind of cash flow do you have coming in? And yet, 
a lot of times with the bigger multifamily properties, what somebody said, and I really that made sense, was they're like they're in the money management right? They're in the fee business. That's correct. We are in the real estate business. These are two completely different things. Did you come to that similar conclusion? That is correct. And I think you gave the answer that how you're evaluating your business is not how you're doing compared to your brother or how that green grass is green other. It's like, what is your metric? So you wanted to say, what's your asset? How much? Because there's you're growing your equity. There's right. a balance sheet side, and then there's an income statement side. Right. You are Every time you're buying a property, let's say if you if you acquire a million dollar property and either is a 20% equity in it, you make $200,000 in equity. And then you say, okay, every property is going to make $500 cash flow. What's your cash flow? The question, and then the third, can I scale infinitely? It meets all this criteria. And you said DSCR, DCR, that's okay. But if it meets all that criteria, then why bother you look at it another one? And, and you can say, okay, the maybe the bigger answer is, can I have a bigger equity? Can I have a bigger cash flow? Those could be a better answers to go. And if it is working, and also they're two different businesses, doing multifamily is another business. Now there is a learning curve and all of that. And every business, you know, you, the chances of success is 30, 40%. Right. When is something, when something is working, why you want to change it? Right. And, and, and that's really what it boils down to is that doing what we do with a very, 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 very low risk factor, you can get to 30, 40, 50,000, 100,000 a month, right? We already have. Tons and tons of examples of that. You can get it to 150, 200,000 a month. And sometimes, if you're going to build scale, right, it makes much more sense to stick to the simple things. Because if you look at any business over time, multimillionaires are made on simple things that they do very, very well for a long period of time, right? And somebody said it's called repetitious boredom, right? Once you get one thing down, That's correct. right? And then you can repeat it, and now you can pull away your time from it, that you don't have to be the one that's managing it. That's where you put that exponential factor is, how do you build this game? Are you enjoying the show thus far? You know what they say, knowledge is not power, but rather it's the application of knowledge that is power. That's why we are excited to announce the new dates for our Build Your Empire three-day conference and property tour. At this game-changing event, you'll discover how to build lasting wealth with real estate, learn step-by-step methods, avoid common mistakes, and get insights from dozens of real estate and financial experts. If you are listening to the podcast, you know that real estate is a team sport, and we're here to introduce you to the local pros who can help you every step of the way. This event is your opportunity to walk through active real estate deals in Chicago and nearby neighborhoods. And the best part is, you can either attend live or virtually. Go to andrewhomesevents.com and get your early bird tickets now. At the event, you'll see properties being transformed into flips, rentals, or wholesale properties, giving you a rare and valuable learning experience outside the classroom. Meet and learn from successful students who've profited from our mentorship. Hear their stories and struggles, and discover how you can follow in their footsteps, regardless of your background or experience and so much more. We also have a VIP package that will give you access to our exclusive networking sessions and an opportunity to connect and meet with Andrew himself. Plus, we even give you a hot lunch all of the days you are there. For more information and to secure your spot, visit andrewhomesevents.com. We sell out every time, so don't miss this opportunity to transform your real estate career. We will see you at our next event. And now, back to the show. 
So something interesting happened for you, which is you were investing, you're buying properties, you got the MBA done, you kept buying properties, and then Corona happens, right? In Corona, you kind of switched a little bit, right? What happened at that time? As an entrepreneur, you take some decisions. Actually, I learned from somebody, another mentor of me, and his point was, Surya, uh, every business can be sold. Because the, for those businesses, I've seen this is not asset-driven business. They had a business which could be valued at $7, 8000000 million sure. or $20 million, whatever. And now those businesses are out of style. Nobody is, you know, you know what happened to right. Motorola sure. or, you know, all sure. these companies. So I felt like when, uh, so the businesses have those kind of disruptions. As an entrepreneur, you have to make a decision. So you can, you can always say that was not a good decision. So I was just thinking that I have all these assets and all this commitment I have because the, all of those assets have commitments. And I was thinking that what will happen to this thing? But you always tell that, think about it. If that happens to us, what will happen to the rest of the people? But that's a good equation. But I, I so felt let like, me explain okay. that, right? Let me explain that. So all the properties, let's just say I own or that you owned or... What we try to teach in mastery is you're buying them with tons of equity, meaning you're buying them with 25-30% equity in them, 40% equity in them. Then you're improving it. And so when you put in $30,000 in improvements, your actually cash position or your cash um, equity in the property goes up to 60, 70, 80,000. So when you have that much equity in a property, property is worth 250. Loan on it is 100. What is the risk? Yeah. The market comes down, market comes down. Actually, to me, right, in India, we would call it as Diwali or in uh, US, you call it as Christmas, right? Meaning it's a great time and you buy, buy, buy because you can buy out the whole subdivision because you have that much equity position and you have that much li liquidity, right? But we've said this many, many times. We all, most of us come from middle class to maybe upper middle class families. In most cases, middle class families. So our mentality is very hard to change. Like, oh my God, something happened. And we immediately want to be very secure, That's right? That was kind of your thing that, oh my God, what will happen? I built this. I don't want to lose it, right? That's correct. So you started selling off some of your I sold some of the assets. And then uh, that's for the same reason. It, in that case, it was not optimized for profit. It was optimized for risk right. I as a risk mitigation. And yes, but, you know, I, I feel still it is okay. Uh, it doesn't look always that great, but, you know, taking some profit off the table, you just sure. took it. And I paid a bunch of these properties. And then when then I realized that was not the good move. There are other things that are even getting better from here. Because and we were laughing we about it, right? I mean, it's a good thing to laugh about, but you ended up basically as a tax bill about 350000 bucks. That's so. capital gains. Capital gains, yeah. right? <laughs> about $350,000 tax. You have to cut a check, which now, if you look at it from the flip side, right? Guys, this is money made in thin air, Mike, exactly. right? Which is because the properties have been producing all this cash flow. You've been taking heavy depreciations against it. And on the back end of it, they're selling the property. You get a million, million and a half in profit, net profit. Guess what? You're going to have to write a check. But it's nothing bad. It's just that when you look at it, right, hindsight is twenty twenty. I mean, I can tell you all the perfect answers for what happened yesterday, right? But it is what it is. But then that was a huge upside. That's correct. Right? There was a huge upside that you saw. And then you went back into, uh, because like somebody like you, they're not, guy who's going to spend a lot of money. That's just not what, who you are, right? I mean, yeah, but at least so far, right? Um, but, I mean, you live a pretty conservative lifestyle. As such. So you went back and doubled down into buying more. What was the impetus that caused that? It's more psychological, 
Okay. Um, it's it's really psychological. In this case, it, so everybody has their problem. I didn't have a much of a problem getting a loan or finding all of this thing. My problem was psychological focus and all of that. And as I part of the ecosystem, I came to a three-day event and I was talking to you. And I felt like, and I told you, I admitted I'm not a good student because I, I kind of lost focus. And I said, I'm going to change something about it. And I did. And I so, hope that I, I never go back to that state anymore. So, right. So this year, I mean, basically looking at other people that bothered you. Like, man, these are people that came way the heck after, right? Uh, maybe even six, seven, eight years after we met. And yet, because of singular focus. Now, obviously, your problem is time is a big factor. That's correct. Right? Because you don't have the time. Right? What your job is a full-time thing plus some. So uh, time was a big factor, but then you doubled down. And this year you added 16 or 17 properties. Yes. portfolio. So as far as for you finding property, number one, where are you finding properties? Are you finding them MLS? Are you finding them uh, wholesalers? Who are you finding these properties? Yeah, if I had time, I would probably try different things. So since I don't have time, it's probably the most boring way. I just find it in MLS. Just That's MLS all properties. it is. Yeah. Okay, but it. there's nothing wrong with the other thing. Right. I, I didn't have the time to learn. I didn't have the time to do it. So I just do the most simplest. It's a basic thing. Basic right. thing. And you're able to find properties. Um, I, I, I can find as many as I, I want. Right. Yes, okay. Yes. So because that is the other thing that a lot of times people are like, but Andrew, I can't find a property. Actually, one thing I should admit, and it's okay, it's on, the, on camera, but I, I, you said about psychologically, I didn't, what didn't bother me that how many other people are buying? Actually, right. what bothered me, um, I grew up with this thing along with you very early right. on. And I always felt if I don't this, I let you go down. Right. And I felt that is what bothered me. It didn't bother me how many people, but I want everybody to grow because I, I at, and what we do in our group, like we don't grow one, like at the cost of the other person. Right. There's no such thing. And I really have nothing to do with it. Right. But it was felt like I didn't live up to that, to that, that promise. So I said, you know, I'm going to do something about it. Got it. And that's what. So that's what it is. So you're buying these properties through the MLS. Now, are you searching for the properties or do you have an agent that you work with? that helps you find the properties or is it basically you kind of going through and identifying them and then going to the agent? Yeah. I think that is the piece I get some help because of my professional career. Uh, I have this ecosystem of people. They all contributing to this. So it's all of the above. Okay. But then the, the ideas you create that, that, that system where if they have something in it, so right. there are people, maybe somebody who is managing my property, somebody who's renting my property and all of that. So they do some of the legwork. And then whatever comes, as long as it meets the criteria, we don't question where it comes from. Got it. Okay. So basically, you're using kind of professional help on that end, minute, uh, be it a prop property manager, be it other agents, people who have obviously built rapport with, contacts with now. So are you buying any properties from other wholesalers? Not yet, because I just couldn't learn. Because okay. many a time I get something, I said, okay, what am I going to do? But I can tell you this, but many a time I'm buying something where I have bought properties where I haven't mid met whoever was living there, even like bought plus somebody was rented, but I did not know. You've never gone there. I just saw the picture. You I was just okay, saw, okay because I have that ecosystem that those right. people, I trust them. So I, I do that all okay. the time. So now in your case, you've stayed within the Chicago suburbs market. That is correct. Right? You've not gone nationally. You're not buying properties turnkey. Not even an interest. Right. No, no interest. Because what I know, if it is working, it's meeting the... Well, the day when we say that whatever we are doing, this formula is not working, that is the time to look at other things. Got it. Okay. So you've kept it very, very simple. You're like, hey, if something works, it works at a really high level, then why would I go bother and try to do something not at all. Uh, in a different manner? So 
now looking at it, uh, you you don't do any flips no. at all. No. Okay. So you have, I mean, obviously a significant amount of income, right? Coming in from these properties, right? Um, well in excess of what you're ever going to spend, right? Why do you continue buying properties? Yeah. And it's like, what else I would do? I don't know anything else to do. And then I would just say, you know, again, it's a transition. First, there are two statements I want to make. There was some, there was some limitation when early on, the environment was not that helpful because the, the, basically the money was not there. So it was. We're there. talking 2011, yeah, 2012, yes, 13, 14. Yes. Yeah. So, so that there was, there, the, we could not grow that exponentially because it, the money flow was very tight. Uh, given the situation now, uh, there is no, there, like, this is a normal process. People go to job, we just do this, and it, it can infinitely go. And I will also say that you just write it down. Today we say, say that somebody has 50, 60 properties. Maybe two years from now, we will only talk about if you have more 100 than plus. 100. Right. No, and no that's question. What it is. So no that's, no that's, question about it. That's because, exactly what it is. Uh, because this is something, it's a growth process. That's correct. Right? I mean, I never, even I never thought yeah. that would be talking about that you could make, you know, at the time is like, oh my God, can you imagine one day from cash flow? Every single month we can make 50000 a month. Exactly. Right? Now it's like, Hundred thousand a month net is not enough. Now we're talking about well, can you make three million a year just from cash flow property, right? Not counting other income, not counting anything else, just net income, and that's possible, right? It's just a matter of stick to the basics and just keep scaling, right? And the bigger you grow, the easier it becomes because right. the property management, the day-to-day -day, uh, management, you don't have to do those. You can afford to basically sub those out to good people that can manage it for you. So let's go back to the Indian mentality, right? Typically, the Indian mentality for us is go to good school, get a good job, right? Yet, what I've always wondered is I go to good school and I get a good job. Mm -hmm. But most of the times when I go to school, right, if I want to build a $100 million business, a teacher who's teaching me, whether it's in India or it's in the United States, is only making maybe fifty, sixty, hundred thousand dollars $100,000, right? Did you ever question the fact that I used to question this all the time? That, well, why am I listening to this guy? I don't want to be a teacher. What does he know? Did that type of thought process ever, because you went to IIT, right? You no, know? I went to Jadapur University. Oh, Jadapur, okay. And then I went to MBA. MBA, yeah. okay, here. Okay. okay, so clearly you were a smart student. So did that, did your brain work in that way to question what was being told to you even early on? So I think it changes a little bit. When I went to business school, like that, even in the United States, it's it's a little different. Uh, there are very, very accomplished entrepreneurs are also sure. also teaching the they're class. Teaching. Sure. So they are as good as a player like you. Sure. So they're, they are running hedge fund. They are running real estate investment trust. So you get to, uh, uh, you know, you get to get to be in the class with them. Actually, in my MBA class, uh, that one of my uh, friend was, he created this whole online platform at the time, that company was valued as $250 million. Right. Uh, and he was the founding Founding member. Yeah, right. he, he had 20%. Actually, no, I said that wrong. That company was valued at more than billion dollars. His, His net worth was $250,000, billion. Dollar. Uh, so uh, it, it varies. If you go to any of this business school, then you will see that, that those things are there. So it depends. And But if you are trying to learn, and there's nothing wrong with it, you're learning science or something like that, those are career... Uh, a teacher professions that they love what they, what they do and they are your uh, coach they're telling you that you get some skills now you take those skills to do something 
But if you, if you, you know, I'm hearing nowadays, like if you go to good business school and you have a good idea, the VC fund is available there. So it's created to become an entrepreneur as well. So uh, it, it's, it's mixed bag. Got it. So, so I guess going back to that is because a lot of people who are kind of in your situation, like generally are very well educated, right? Clearly they have a good brain, but generally we don't see them investing uh, or really, really being as active as they could be, right? They have all the brains. I mean, I, a lot of times I think they have more brains than I do, right? But what do you think stops them? It's the entrepreneurial mindset. Uh, I think that they, what drives entrepreneurs is the freedom, not necessarily always the money. It's the entrepreneurs that, that the freedom of creating something where I am in charge of things because the entrepreneurs many a time are, did not become entrepreneurs to make the most money. They became entrepreneurs because that fits into their entrepreneurial mindset. So I think that drives people uh, to do. Right, they're a little bit basically. I mean, I guess they're going upriver, but without a paddle, right? That's and right. they don't even know it. A lot of times um, that they don't uh, know it, but they're passionate about achieving something, accomplishing something, and then over time, obviously, it works. But there's one more thing. Uh, they and you make this comment all the time. I, 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 I. I I've taken classes with a lot of very smart people, the finance professors and all of that stuff. And I meet you. So you may say, oh, you know what? I'm not smart. You're actually very smart and you're extremely educated. And you have to take that. So I, I hear like you have very good handle on finances. You have very good. Of course, you have sales skill. You have presentation skill. You also, you are extremely knowledgeable about real estate law. So I try to be a student. Meaning I also try to learn, but you're ahead of the curve. So it's not always you have to have a degree to become, you know, educated or smart and all that. Of course, you're smart. But what I'm trying to say as an entrepreneur, they're, they're looking, the entrepreneurial mindset is I want to do something. I want to go somewhere. And then what they do is they don't have all the pieces and you don't know that you need to have, right? Then you become a professor. I'm quantum mechanics. That only thing I know is quantum mechanics. As an entrepreneur, when you are doing a venture, you need to know sales, finance, legal, operations, marketing, accounting, everything. And you will not be expert in everything, but person like you, you will learn. You did not know as much of legal things as you know now. Of course. You, you can give a lawyer for a run. Like, okay, you don't know this. So I, I hear sometimes I learn something from you. So you are equally educated. Like, and our education system in the United States is so advanced. So you literally, if you go to, you don't know, you haven't tried that or you didn't have the time. If you go to one of the schools, they'll say, you should be teaching this class. Right. No, I mean, I've always wondered that what is it that separates uh, the people that go and uh, take that risk, right, or get out of their comfort zone and continue to grow, whereas other people are happy with a job. And nothing wrong with happy with a, uh, being happy with a job with a certain amount of income, but I truly, truly feel that uh, God's always given us a different ability. That's right. And it's not about how much money, it's about do we live up to our abilities. That's really what the whole race is about, that beyond a certain amount of money, it's about are we living our purpose right uh, and that's really where this whole thing comes in it, it's it's the pain and pleasure just think about it if somebody says andrew we'll give you all the money you need but you have to become an employee for one year can you handle that pain no i don't think so it's the pain and pleasure right. so you just so it's really you associate so much pain with that that gives you the pleasure to go to the other side so that's really all it is so you can always say all of that but it's really the pain pain and pleasure so some people, they're absolutely okay. It, there's come some pleasure with a job. So they, I don't have to worry about the outcome of the, how the company is doing and all of that. Maybe indirectly, but not directly. 
uh, and I, I just need that. I want to go at eight o'clock in the morning. That's when I start thinking. At five o'clock, I'll stop thinking. Or some jobs, maybe at eight o'clock at night. But what I'm saying is that some people get pleasure with that. Some people will say, what am I doing? I'm not. And some people are in between, like people like me who are confused, maybe to some extent, because they have both. So they're trying to figure out which way they want to go. So for somebody listening to this, right, when they look at kind of uh, you've had a full-time career and you've built uh, by any means, right, an amazing real estate portfolio. So if you were to give somebody advice at this point, right, uh, and they go, man, the market is really high. Interest rates are a little bit on the high side right now. Um, is there still opportunity? What should I be doing? Yeah, I think uh, you have to figure out, you know, what you are interested in. Because see, even if it's a great opportunity, if you're not, if this is not your interest, it will be a difficult thing to do. Uh, so if, if you know, figure out if you're interested in doing this thing. And then the second thing is extremely important is to get the knowledge, like what you teach and all that. That if I didn't know that, I wouldn't be able to do. I've taken finance class, real estate classes, but as I said. If I didn't go to your school, like learn from you, it will be difficult for me. So the education is important. And then the third is the ecosystem, because still when you are going to do it, you will have problems. So that, you know, things like mastery provides that, that, that platform. And then the fourth, you also need a mentor. Somebody's N plus one and two. If we can put all of this in place and be disciplined and focused, I think it's pretty simple. Right. It's been a fun conversation, Surya. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, literally from where you started in terms of with a full-time career, what you've accomplished. I know you've played down a lot, right? Because that's just your personality. But what you've accomplished with uh, the amount of properties and with the amount of just sheer tenacity and hard work is absolutely amazing. So guys, thank you for listening. Please share, thank like, you, and uh, let your friends know and your colleagues about uh, the podcast. This is Andrew Holmes with Cashflow for Life. Talk to you soon. I hope you enjoyed the episode today on the Cashflow for Life podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe on your chosen platform that you are listening to us on. If this episode made you think of someone, go ahead, take a screenshot and share this episode with them or post it on your social media to share with your friends. Achieving financial freedom is all about creating the necessary cash flow in your life. Our team has designed an entire ecosystem for you to be able to not only become a successful real estate investor, but for you to build higher cash flows month after month. Join our community at www.nationalreinvest.com to see which event is coming up that you can be a part of and how you can be a part of our community. Once again, it's www.nationalreinvest.com. We will see you on the next episode.